The Xerxes butterfly. A vibrant blue invertebrate. A butterfly? <laughs> Just let me keep going. And San Francisco resident that fell victim to the city's development. <sighs> We're talking streetcars, sand dunes, and sayonara for this beautiful insect on this episode of Extinction Event. Did you ever feel so bad inside? Do not judge. This is a super cool episode. I'm really excited. I'm I'm always going to come into these things open-minded, ready to listen about something that gets wiped off the face of the earth. And you seem stoked, so I'm going to just go with the flow here. Okay. I, honestly, I have been putting this one off for a while because it's just a butterfly. But at, once I got into it, there's some really interesting history around it and San Francisco that I had no idea about. And I think you're going to be surprised and delighted. Surprise and delight. <laughs> yes. First, My favorite combo. <laughs> Xerces? Circes? The Xerces? It's X-E-R-C-E-S. Xerces. Xerces. The Xerces butterfly. I'm only... This, I'm, my reference is from the film 300. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I don't remember. Xerces is like the god Xerces. emperor who's like marching on the Spartans. Xerces. So it's like a Z. Yeah. Xerces. Okay. I'll try and remember that because I really butchered... Kaiko and Kiko. Uh, oh, yeah. Every week we butcher something. Right. Speaking of that episode, I was thinking about it. We didn't even talk about Shamu that whole time, right? Who? Shamu. The no, Killer Well episode I don't, I don't last know her. episode. <laughs> that was the top Killer Whale in the 90s, at least that name, right? Shamu. I think I mentioned Shamu. Did I you? was like, oh, I'm from San Diego, and Shamu's a big deal. But that was about it. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm surprised we didn't talk about it more. So I looked into Shamu a little bit because I wanted to feature this great whale. But yeah. But it's just a stage name. Oh, oh, I have heard. There's been many Shamu. Yeah. It, and I, it's one of those things I wish I had not looked it up because... Now it's magic is gone. The magic is gone. You're right. Yeah. It's a title that's passed on from one whale to the next. Yep. Yeah. Like the royalty. But there must have been an original Shamu. Yeah. There. Yeah. There was one. I didn't. I I don't think there was anything all that amazing about the original one. They just like the name, and they're like, "Yeah, we have decided to bequeath this title to you, next whale in line." I was just going to say with the royalty, you get to pick from like, you could be an Elizabeth or. Oh. Uh, right? In the males or. Yeah. 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 A William or a, William, a Henry right. or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the whales get to pick their names, <laughs> but that would be interesting if there was some sort of whale naming hierarchy. 
Probably not. Probably just Shamu makes money. Here you go. Probably not. And just a reminder, they're still exhibiting whales down at... uh, Pretty much a lot of places. SeaWorld. Yeah. I I did hear that it has changed ownership somewhat recently. And that could be the reason we haven't seen them being phased out. Because the new ownership maybe has decided that they don't want to do that. Phasing out using whales in their um, programs. It's their cash cow. Right. Still, which is like the shame on us for going to see those shows. Well, you know, movies come and go. Shamu's forever. (laughs) Yeah, because it's just the pass of the baton with that name. Bingo. Okay. (laughs) Tell me about this butterfly. Wait, wait, wait. One other, a couple other things before we get into it. There, I asked you to do an update on P22 because we sort of skated over a big part of how he ended up passing away partly do you remember did do you remember me asking you about this <laughs> was i supposed to come prepared <laughs> yes, with something yes okay i'll do it he had quite a few health ailments and he was an elderly cat but he also was hit by a car that's what allegedly <laughs> i think he was what I just wanted to uh, bring that up because it wasn't just that he got old and got sick. He got hit by a car. Right. Who was driving the car? We don't know. <laughs> Probably they're in witness protection right now because if they did find out, look, they, their lives could be in danger. So true. So From true. both the animal world and the human. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somewhere, not California. Did we ever verify that he did break into the L.A. Zoo and eat a koala? Unless I was just like had a fever dream. (laughs) I swear that happened. Did P-22 eat a dog? Koala. I know, but Google wanted me to do dog. It mauls koala in the zoo. It's not conclusive that P-22 killed the koala. But it, it... all right, I'm going to take it. It seems like, yeah, it did. And this was in 2016. Yep. Legend. They didn't have enough physical evidence, but they kind of did. That's what it seems like. They kind of did. Right. Okay, moving on. Oh, the cameras on. weren't running that night. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Not physical evidence. You have a shredded up fluff ball of a koala with claw marks all over His it. His DNA. Yeah. In the skin of it. Bunch right. of puma prints all over mm-hmm, the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, one more thing. Somebody left a voicemail a while back, and I kind of forgot about it, so I was going to play it for us real quick. Hey, guys, it's Connor again. Uh, Thanks for the California grizzly bear episode. I have another request, though. I would like the Indian cheetah, because recently there's been a a program to reinduce African cheetahs back into their native India, and I would really like to learn more about the Indian cheetah. I I kind What's of up, thought Connor? it was Connor with his review of the California grizzly. Did he? Did we you already? don't listen to these before you put them on the pod. You just sometimes, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time today. Uh. It's an interesting request. I had no idea I, that there was a, a cheetah in India. Indian did cheetah. You know that? Put it on the list. Thanks, Connor. I love a good recommendation. 
And I tell you, he did not uh, disappoint with the California Grizzly. That was a good one. It's quality. Well, thanks for calling, Connor. Thanks for listening. We'll look into it. But for now, let's get into the Xerxes butterfly. We already know that you don't care that much about this butterfly, Jack. But... I try to come at it from the POV of someone who has infinite entertainment options at my fingertips. <laughs> and I'm scrolling through podcasts. And your your hook is going to be a butterfly? Sorry, but I'm not like... What's a butterfly's natural <laughs> That's... predator? Oh, Bears? Don't bears eat butterflies? That's the rank of the... Wait, what animal <laughs> eats butterflies? It's um, birds, spiders, lizards, small mammals, and even, even other insects. So I'm, I'm scrolling through the podcast. I'm in a, see a butterfly. I'm sorry, but I'm not a curious bird looking for a snack. <laughs> I'm a jaded person who stares at a tiny glowing screen all day. You need four legs and hair. I need, I told you, violence. Fur. (laughs) Violence. Oh, well, oh, okay. There's not a whole lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Butterfly violence is, (laughs) I mean, probably exists. Let's hear about it. Well, I was going to say that insects. I don't want violence, by the way. I'm just saying. Look at the the I numbers. Know, I know. This is why crime podcasts are so popular. Yeah. Nobody really wants to see a crime, be involved in a crime, or any of that. We're just captivated by that Well, maybe drama. you can inject a little bit of crime into this. Uh, I'll try. I'll try. There's butterflies. Like, there might be one or two areas. Okay. Point being, insects are incredibly important for our planet's ecosystem as a whole, They aerate the soil, they help in plant growth, and when one species goes extinct, it has a ripple effect on the environment. Hold up. I saw this video yesterday of a praying mantis Mm -hmm. catching and eating a hummingbird. You're like, no, that's not possible. I saw it with my own eyes. Can we watch it after this? I'm not even going to show it to you and scar you. That's cr- that is really crazy. And it wasn't like a huge praying mantis. It was like 3 inches maybe. I love that when we see praying mantises, it's this surreal thing. It's like seeing something you shouldn't. It's so special. Why why are praying mantises like that? I've, we've talked about this. Is it their head? I don't I think it's the shapes. Their angles, they just look kind of alien and cool. Yeah, they look like aliens. And they had, there's the mythos around them of them like eating their partners. And Remember when I said butterflies, like, bears eat butterflies? Yeah, that's bears' natural <laughs> predator <laughs> butterfly. Please go somewhere else for real yeah. science, guys. I think it's bears. <laughs> they do eat butterflies, moths <laughs> and stuff. I will. I want to see this video. Where was I? I talk about how insects are important, and I guess they are also 
cold-blooded killers. <laughs> I read that, let's say all insects went extinct tomorrow, the planet would become uninhabitable. Uninhabitable? Indubitably. Uninhabitable in a few months' time. I bring it up to make you appreciate the butterfly a little bit more, but also this butterfly, it was a vibrant blue color, very pretty, and it, very pretty. O- <laughs> it only lived in this one area of San Francisco, the fabled sand dunes of San Francisco, which is now the Sunset District. Uh-huh. So... It's credited as being the first butterfly that humans caused to go extinct in the United States. Wow. And urban development is going to mess with its habitat, including the plants that it ate. And by the 1940s, it's entirely gone. I got to think that we extincted something before the 1940s. Butterfly? Oh, just butterfly. Just butterfly. Yeah. First butterfly we extincted. Was there a little plaque? San Francisco commemorating this? I would imagine in this story you have a lot of early naturalists that are on the butterfly side. So yeah, the, uh, naturalists are all about plaques. Yeah, it's a large part of what they do. Yeah, or signposts on a trail, some something of that nature. It keeps the engravers in business. Yeah. <laughs> we first officially recognized these creatures in 1852. And it would have been in what is now, like I said, the Sunset District of San Francisco. That is a large area located just south of Golden Gate Park. I don't... It doesn't matter. Golden Gate Park's just a big park <laughs> in the middle of San Francisco, kind of towards the coast, actually. Um, and so this Sunset District is on the beach. It's on the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And it would have just been sand dunes, just a lot of them. And right now, it's just wall-to-wall residential housing mixed in with a few businesses. But just to, you know, try and imagine this big swath of, of dunes. Yeah. It was just something we really don't see, at least on the not West city. Coast. I, well, there's still the some city. areas. Like, I think, like... Um... Yeah, I think like up around like Morro Bay, there's still those dunes. There's still a handful of those dunes around. But they don't go that far in, do they? I don't think naturally they go very far in. I looked on the map and it seemed to me that they went for a decent distance. Okay. So entomologists and naturalists back then were captivated by this vast expanse of dunes and its unique ecology. And it remains somewhat undisturbed for a while because of that. It's kind of hard to move all that sand. Outside of the naturalist world, you know, businesses and other settlers didn't really see the sand dunes as a great sanctuary like the naturalists did. They were amazed by it, but it was sort of just annoying that there was sand there. for Developers like, here's some building material already piled up with sand. Oh, I guess so. I don't know how they build stuff. For me, it seems like it'd be hard Sand's to move part that of it. sand. Okay. Um, so they referred to the Xerxes habitat as the Great Sand Waste. And eventually, the city will decide to map out lots of the area for potential speculators to purchase. 
And at first, a few businesses swoop up and set up shop there. Not a lot, though. And the entomologists, by the way, those are just like bug people. Yeah. (laughs) Bug people. Them and the naturalists, they quickly realize that doing so was going to mess with these beautiful butterflies. A quote from Hans Hans Hermann Barr. He's this doctor, botanist, entomologist in San Francisco. Bar owner. And in 1875, he predicts that the Xerces will go extinct, stating, quote, the locality where it used to be found is converted to building lots and between German chickens and Irish hogs, no insect can exist besides louse and flea. I mean, it seems like he was injecting a little bit of race in there. Yeah, right? That's, I'm, I'm... Like kind of passive aggressively. Maybe not. Maybe he's just like, look, there's a lot of Germans in this area. So we have hogs and a lot of, or I, I'm getting them mixed up. but German chickens, Irish hogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt's fine. 100% I thought this guy was being racist at first too, but you're right. It turns out that the businesses located in Sunset Park were actually dairies, ranches, roadhouses, and dynamite factories that kept exploding, <laughs> also an elementary school. So <laughs> dynamite factory. This seems like a Simpsons bit. <laughs> dynamite factory. This is- Itchy and scratchy. <laughs> this is like a, a cart rolls into the dynamite factory. <laughs> a candle cart. I don't know what was happening with the dynamite factory. There was one there. Point being, there were actually German chickens and Irish hogs taking up shop. I would think the dynamite factory is a little <laughs> bit more of a threat to their ecosystem. <laughs> also, that it's... Probably not that far from the elementary school that they have there. (laughs) Okay. And also there's this roadhouse. And I think it's it was called the Sea Breeze Resort. And all I know about it is that it was rumored to have quite the checkered past. Mm. And I've like a roadhouse, we don't really use that word anymore. I think it's just a hotel, but one that's that has a checkered past, you know? At some point, you get downgraded to being a roadhouse. Right. You know, it used to be a classy establishment, but like, boom, big stamp, roadhouse. So, Sorry. Some... You're going to throw the peanut shells on the ground here. Right. Too many sticks of dynamite exploded in yeah. room 3B. Or... It's acceptable to now throw glass bottles at the performers. <laughs> so slowly, people start to come to the dunes and in 1883 a rail line gives travelers easy access to the area and all the way down to the beach that rail line traveled along the bottom of golden gate park on lincoln uh, so right at the top of the dunes because those dunes would have met the park right there Mm. going east to west but the area isn't really taking off yet Not until 1894, and that's when the Golden Gate Park hosts the 1894 California Midwinter International Exposition. Okay. (laughs) So they have work crews that come in 
to build it because you know they will build miniature cities for these expositions back then yeah that's happening there's a bunch of time before it opens and then it's open for five months and that will attract around 2.5 million people to the area so not only are a lot of new people getting introduced to this sunset district and these dunes but some more businesses are opening up to accommodate those people so there's a bar that opened up and that was called the little shamrock it's still open Hmm. Yeah, it's now the second oldest bar in San Francisco. That's cool. Pretty cool. Uh, quick note on expositions. Do you, I saw this on TikTok. You know, there's like this whole conspiracy thing about how like all the architecture and everything built. I, I don't know what the point is. I've seen a few of these and I don't understand what it is, but they'll show like all the pictures from the World Fair of all these elaborate buildings and like mm-hmm. facades. Uh, like, look at all this stuff that they built. And now it's just gone. And then, like, if you go to the comments, someone who's like, yeah, man, these were all, like, wooden plaster. Yeah. They were meant to stand for, like, 10 minutes. Right. And, like, no, it's impossible. Look how intricate it is. I don't know what the point is, but I've seen, like, five of these. Uh, It's impossible. It's just, like, a a plaster cast. Yeah. Yeah. They look great. And that's the point, you know, the exposition. It's like, here's this big city and, that we built for this thing, and now it's gone. Wow. It's like, yeah, it rained and everything melted. Right. I love what <laughs> people decide to get angry about. Like, what are you going to do with that building that's dilapidated? I, well, gonna... I don't know what their point was. Like, no, they weren't plaster. So oh. what's your point then? Right. Like, well, Okay. <laughs> So now they're gone and you're mad? It's probably a bot. It's like a rogue Russian bot that's trying to disseminate information, but it's just not doing the right misinformation. It's it's weird. It's been corrupted. (laughs) The file is not working correct. Anyways, that's what made me exposition. Okay, so thanks to that exposition, residences start popping up in the Sunset District. People are moving in. So it's slow at first, and and it's interspersed between dunes. I wanted to show you a couple photos, and if, if you're listening, check out some of these photos or Google them. If you go to outsidelands.org, I know that's also a festival. Yeah, I went in 2008. Right, but this is .org. They have a bunch of cool photos of this stuff. You could see the dunes. It would have been kind of like that there's just yeah. a house in the middle of a big dune seems like a smart place to build a house uh, on a big sand dune right but you could see how big these were and should that's... last forever <laughs> <laughs> on the waterfront there's this bohemian village that begins forming it's called carville carville and this place is so rad it's partly made from rail cars and then buildings were built up around them. It's really cool. And I guess that originally horses would pull old rail cars through San Francisco. Then when the cable cars and electric street cars started coming in, they sold the old rail cars for pretty cheap and people would convert those into living quarters or businesses. This is what they're doing now with shipping containers. Yes, and they're that's what they are, essentially. Just a lot cooler looking. So this community started forming on the Sunset District 
the beach of it there. I have a couple photos for you as well, but you were saying about the sand not being a great place to build. But what they would do is they'd put the streetcars on stilts to uh, get over that. Uh-huh. And these really weird, bizarre structures would kind of form off of these stilts. So it's like almost building on water. You're like driving these pylons. Right. Like a dock almost. Here's an example of one of these Carville Bohemian Village homes. In here, there's a streetcar. And then there's disguised by buildings forming over it. Like, it's like a Legos. It's basically they came the wrong time of history because that would have been such a lucrative Airbnb. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For sure we'll stay at that Airbnb. Just too soon. Living out there would have been something an eccentric person would choose to do. Probably because it's freezing. <laughs> yes. And you're you're getting like plummeted with sand. Yeah. Your face is just sandblasted. Right. Constantly. And you're living in a streetcar. Yeah. <laughs> but the developer behind this encouraged people to come out there with the claim that at the beach there was quote no smoke no sewer gas, no decaying matter, nothing to injure the health. The decaying matter just being sewage just thrown into the street because that's how... That's how we did it back then. Yeah. So, yeah. Get me away from that stench. Smart pitch. Yeah. (laughs) And this was hilarious to me, but one of the first buildings out there was a coffee saloon. (laughs) (laughs) Man, time see nothing changes. No. Nope. And so artist types start moving out there. Also during this time, bicycles were becoming really trendy and a ladies bicycle club Fixies? Yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. This ladies bicycle club sets up a clubhouse out there. They were called the Falcons. A bicycle club for ladies. The Falcons. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough riding in the sand, but... (laughs) I think they probably put little, you know... Boards. Boards down, yeah. Point being, it sounds like a fun place. And by 1901, there are 50 families living in this bohemian village. Yeah, it sounds cool as hell. Would you live there, Jack? If there's just raw feces in the street... (laughs) Otherwise, yeah, I might I might venture out to Carville, get a coffee, ride my bike in a nice walkable community. And what are you using the ocean as your toilet in that situation? I mean, I have. <laughs> I know, I know, but like, at what point does the dunes become stench? Works for cats. Ah, uh, you guys. <laughs> so it's just like. You don't want to walk in the sand because you will encounter human sewage. Yeah, but it'll be all sandy and probably okay. So this is hilarious. The area starts to get gentrified. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See it coming. Sidewalks get put in. Electric and telephone wires are installed. The original Bohemians say the place is getting ruined. Mm. 
Eventually, real homes start getting built, and they're not of the funky, weird boxcar variety. A new club is formed to essentially get rid of the riffraff there. And you'll never guess what they do. What do you think they do? Put a bounty on them. <laughs> That's a good one. No. They burn the Falcon Bicycle Club. Wow. That's a that's like a declaration of war. Yeah. How do you burn a club? Like their banner or something? Or? No, they set fire to the the Falcon Bicycle Club. There's like a Torch building it. that Bu- was the club. Yeah, clubhouse. Wow. They a clubhouse. So I had the They're club- like, we can eat all this riffraff out of here, <laughs> starting with these women bicyclists. <laughs> burn them all. Uh, the leader of this gang, I don't know if it's a gentrification club, he made a big <laughs> event out of the burning of the this area, and the slogan for the entire effort was, quote, make clean today by sweeping and burning up the debris of yesterday. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty spooky. Sweeping and burning clean up. Clean by fire. I, it, it, You know... You can punch up that line a little bit. It's yeah. a little long, clunky. For sure. <laughs> Sweeping and burning up. I didn't really need to sweep if you're going to burn. Right. The banners that they're picketing with are quite long. Yeah. <laughs> you need like two, three people holding this banner. Yeah. Carville burns. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And Xerxes is there. For all of this. Witnessing all of this go down. Right. They're in the dunes and likely they're getting a little burned too in these fires. Probably, yeah. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, naturalists had predicted that the Xerxes didn't have a chance and it wasn't really these fires that caused it though. It was happening before that. Basically, once the Bohemian Bicycle Saloon and everything else started moving in, it was clear that the butterflies weren't going to make it for these naturalists. And luckily, some of them had the foresight to move a population of butterflies to a different location in San Francisco that would hopefully serve as a sanctuary for it. This was in 1904. That lotus plant that we talked about, that I mentioned, that I don't remember if I mentioned it, this was essential to the life cycle of the Xerxes butterfly. Mm-hmm. And at this new location, the plant, the lotus plant was there. So good move yeah. on their part. Will it work? No. We know the answer. No, obviously not. Good try, though. <laughs> nice. So back to Carville. The intentional burning of many of the structures does not immediately destroy it. What happens is that it eventually just sort of fades away into the neighborhood that's building up around it. People are building real homes. They also put in this massive outdoor saltwater swimming pool. Um, It'll be one of the largest outdoor heated pools in the world until it's demolished in 1971. That's a long time. In the 1930s and 40s, the dunes are almost fully overtaken with homes. And now it's known as the streetcar suburb even though there aren't really any streetcars left. Yeah. Uh, remnants of the Bohemian city will randomly come to surface when people remodel their homes. Like, for instance, I heard when someone was replacing their living room floor, they found wheels underneath it. 
That's cool. What they will not find, however, are any butterflies. In 1994, a researcher does go searching for any surviving Carville homes, though. Yeah. And not the butterflies. And he does find one relic of the remnants of Carville or a Carville-type community, not in Sunset District, but in the Richmond District, which is just on the other side of Golden Gate Park. This was named Carzonia. Carzonia. And it was made of a bunch of old cable cars sitting side by side. Try to imagine a trailer park. Yeah, yeah. These were put up after the 1906 earthquake and fire to uh, provide quick housing solutions. So he also located the home of one of the Falcon Club founders in this district. Well, not burned down. That's nice. Well, I think they had to move there after... The burnings. Probably, yeah. Pretty cool. little archaeology. Yeah. What do you think is more visually acceptable a streetcar or a trailer park i mean now probably a streetcar because it's like quirky and yeah like oh wow what a concept nobody thinks this trailer park is like a concept they're being industrious and uh, repurposing upcycling that streetcar or trailer park is just like yeah it's a trailer park yeah as far as moving them when you see them taking a trailer park house down the road, it's on the back of a flatbed. Yeah. But a streetcar, all you need is a few horse pulling the streetcar. You don't right. need a flatbed. Yeah. Okay, back to Sunset District and the butterflies. Carville gets renamed to Oceanside. Oceanside? <laughs> the butterflies. First lose their lotus plants once building began on the dunes those plants are going to die out the caterpillar form of the xerces butterfly uses those plants this is common knowledge but most of us have read the hungry little caterpillar book right yes before you get the butterfly at the end that caterpillar has to eat for a week he has to eat junk food and then he gets his stomach ache Right? Yeah, this is all scientific. <laughs> so in the Cersei's case, they weren't eating ice cream and cake. It was the lotus plant. In that larva stage of development, that was the only plant that they could use, apparently. So they were so well adapted to that p- plant. It was connected to that, them. They would gorge on this lotus plant, get a tummy ache, and then turn into a butterfly. Yeah, but they couldn't do that. And they're unable to advance to that butterfly state. And that's basically it for them. By 1940, they're gone. And that small population that they had moved is gone too. I don't know. I guess it's just they didn't like it over there. They wanted those dunes. As an homage to this butterfly, there's an organization called the Xerces Society that is formed, which is still in existence today. Its mission is invertebrate conservation, so animals that don't have a backbone like insects, spiders, worms, snails. As with any extinction, we know there are people defending humans' role in it. Uh, No different for the Xerces. In this case, many argue that the butterfly was not actually a unique species, Mm. just a local population. Mm. A couple years ago, however, they extracted DNA from a museum specimen to test that theory. Turns out they were indeed a unique species. Take that. Take that. Deniers. 
we just always trying to get out of the blame on these every time. Look, the Bohemian little town seemed cool, but they, you know, they were the original gentrifiers. <laughs> That's true. Because there um, were some caterpillars there having a great time eating up their lotus plants, turning into butterflies. Sure. The dynamite factory had nothing to do with the disruption of, of that before the bicycle club, you know? You can't blame them. <laughs> it's dangerous to blame a dynamite factory. <laughs> uh. Well, that's kind of my story, Jack. This is a this is short and sweet. I like it. I mean, it was mostly a story about the Carville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a little bit of butterflies peppered in. So you tricked me. But it was interesting. And yeah, we've seen this extinction roll out. Sand dunes are, are it's like, what are you going to do? Recreate it somewhere. There's sand. It's a very specific kind of biome that yeah. they got going there. Of course, they're going to get wiped out as soon as you start putting anything in there. They're, you know, the All Aussie Mystery Hour podcast. Uh-huh. They talk about this famous Australian case. I forget the name. It's this group of children who all go missing in the dunes. And it, it's on the beach. Yeah. A popular place to go in the summer. And it's not the only time that's happened. People go missing in the dunes often. That's creepy. Yeah. So I'm a little spooked by them. I think they're not like just getting the sand isn't covering them up and they're getting it's stuck. Not Sarlacc pit. No, know, they're there's just stumbling into well, uh, the dunes swallow them whole. There Maybe. are seedy characters amidst the dunes, and you must be you need to be very careful in that uh, environment. Another thing about the Bohemian Village, the Falcon Club, still exists today. I. I'm going to bet you a thousand dollars that it's somebody in San Francisco yeah. knows this history and resurrected the Falcon Club. This is what I think, though. And I wasn't back there to know what the Falcon Club was like. It sounds cool. Whereas if you tell me, oh, I'm in a bicycle club now, I'm not interested because you guys take bicycling a little too you're exercising yeah it's too much i just want to hang out with some gals <laughs> and leisurely take a ride down what do you think the they're beach? doing like bike tricks and like check this out <laughs> <laughs> like standing up on their bikes and jumping off them yeah <laughs> but now it's your bike is thousands of dollars it's gone beyond just a fun club and it's, uh, do you know, I, I, you remember when people were really getting into fixies and like the, when was it, like 2012 or something? Yeah, it's 2010. Yeah. Like, right when I went to Outside Lands. <laughs> oh, it was just a vibe that I, I don't want to be in. That's what I'm it's saying. Like, That's not make, me. Uh, it seems like it would be you because you are rallying against like, the advancement of cycling, right. going long distances and spending money and getting all these cool parts, where fixies are like, no, let's just make it harder. Okay. And have one <laughs> gear. Okay. It'll be impossible to get through the dunes with this vehicle, but that's yeah. okay. All right. Well, thanks, butterflies. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they were beautiful, and it's sad to see them go. 
Bye. What? Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Did you ever feel so bad inside? Peg Lake Deer Production.